Hey there, welcome to the Embracing Imperfection podcast. I'm your host, Marnie LaFrance. I am the founder of the Perfectly Imperfect Coaching Business, where I help women find true self-confidence and love for themselves by learning to embrace the perfection of their imperfections. I've created this podcast to share real life stories, tips, tricks, and tools for living a healthier, happier, more authentic, and motivated life. I believe that true happiness does not come from perfectly achieving our goals, but rather embracing the imperfections of the journey along the way. So sit back and let's chat. Hello, my beautiful souls. Welcome back to another episode of Embracing Imperfection with me, your host, Marnie LaFrance. I am really super stoked and excited for today's episode. I talked to you about heart-led businesses, leading from the heart, and getting in touch with your intuition a lot on this podcast. Today's guest is Anne-Marie McKenzie. She is a soulful business strategist. She weaves the intelligence of the heart with the magic of numerology to empower entrepreneurs to build a heart-centered business they love. She's a recovering A-type who believes in heart over hustle and is on a mission to support conscious leaders to align with their purpose amplify their clarity and activate prosperity. Anne-Marie is the creatrix of the Conscious Business Immersion, Conscious Business Collective, and the Emotional Rescue Pathways to Resiliency. I am so excited to have Anne-Marie here. Just to give you an idea, Anne-Marie and I met in our numerology course. We both geek out over the numbers. And in the advanced numerology, we became accountability buddies. So we had to do each other's readings and we chat and try to wrap our brain around things that geek out that probably like confuse the hell out of other people, but we love it. <laughs> and funnily enough, her birthday is the day before mine. So we're both Aries, the fire. And according to our soul contracts, we've had a past life together, very important with one another. So it's kind of cool that we've connected. So Emery, thank you so much, first of all, for giving me your time and coming on the podcast and being open and willing to have a chat with me. And uh, can we start with maybe you telling them a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. First, thank you so much, Marnie, for having me and for giving me this opportunity to connect with you, one of my soulmates, soul sisters, mm -hmm. and to your community as well. I really appreciate it. So I just love that we are meeting on a nine energy month on a nine energy day on the 9th of March. So this amplification, when Marnie invited me, I was like, we can be a beacon of light together on this mm -hmm. day, which is in total alignment. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For your audience, uh, I'm a soulful business strategist. And so what that means is I empower other heart-centered entrepreneurs to activate the intelligence of their heart. And I weave in magic like numerology to really help people understand who it is that they are and the medicine that they bring and the gifts that they are here to share with the world. So I work with a lot of healers, a lot of coaches, um, shadow workers, light workers, a lot of creatives to support them in gaining strategy, um, soulful strategies in their business to avoid stress, burnout, overwhelm <laughs> that mm. so many of us experience, right? Like us, the, those of us who just love giving and want to heal and heal others and make the world a better place. There's, there's so much, we put the weight of the world on our shoulders in doing so sometimes. So literally, I'm so yeah. glad you said that. Cause that's, that's literally what I was thinking is that 
we have such a big goal or mission statement and we want to help so many that we tend to try to take on, like you said, the weight of the world, I guess is a mm-hmm. good way to put it, right? We just, mm-hmm. sometimes we can get stuck in our own. How can I make the biggest impact? How can I help the most? And sometimes yeah. that's not what it's about, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have to remind ourselves at one point that even just helping one person, focus on one person at a time, right? Yes. Because I did that once way back. I don't want to go into the whole story because this mm-hmm. podcast is not about me, but I was on a mission. Um, I was raising funds for a charitable thing to donate something. And I was just like, my whole purpose and my why was if I can help one person, I will mm-hmm. consider this to be successful. Mm-hmm. And when you lead with that, it, it takes away some of the pressure and it just makes it easier. Mm-hmm. You can help the world one at a time because you help say, I help you. And then you turn around and you help somebody else and they help somebody else. It becomes a domino effect. Absolutely. You yeah. need to look at the smaller picture sometimes instead of the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I, th- I believe that's why I have chosen entrepreneurs as who I connect with and who I support because I used to be that person. I call myself a recovering A-type that, that. over over gives, <laughs> over delivers, like under used to over uh, undervalue myself. And it was because of this big impact that I wanted to make, which is an incredible why, you know, the intentions are pure, but the energy was off. We can't give from an empty cup. And so I've figured out my own soulful strategies to create balance and harmony in my own life and my own biz and doing so through creating cosmic relationships with other people. And I want to do that for other entrepreneurs as well. So yeah, that domino effect that you were talking about where, Mm -hmm. you know, how can I, you know, it's not the path of least resistance per se, because you and I both know that I don't know if that exists for people Mm -hmm. who are healers and light workers, but um, I guess maybe efficient is the word, you know, finding ways to be efficient. And we've done that. That's why we were attracted to numerology, right? Because once we understand the universal energies and the personal energies of our own energetic codes, it creates more momentum and ease because we start paddling downstream instead of upstream. And then we learn to trust and let go of the paddles and lo and behold, we are exactly where it is that we are supposed to be. I have to laugh that you said that because in the last two weeks, I don't know how many times I've said using our energetic code and knowing our energetic code helps us when we align with that, we get to swim with the stream instead of going against it. (laughs) So we use (laughs) Oh my gosh, we're aligned. Um, Yes. And I think just to add to that, like when you're, that was the game changer for me, right? I went from a place of all my life, not being confident, not knowing who I was, not knowing where I fit in, because I felt everybody else's energy as an intuitive or as an empath, right? And I just struggled. And having that first numerology reading where I had the answer confirmed that I was a ruling nine and it, it confirmed the path that I was on is actually the one I meant to be on. And it gave me all those answers. Was that the same for you? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it was hundred percent. Yeah. It's like you, how many doors did you un- or try to unlock? And then all of a sudden you open this one and you're like, ah. <laughs> it gave me permission to be who I am. 
there was, there's so much remembering in numerology. Like that's how I always kick off the majority of my sessions where I say, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what's happening today is an unraveling and a remembering of who it is that you are. Chances are, I'm not going to tell you things that you don't already know about yourself, but you've forgotten them. And so it's going to give you confidence to just step into that. I love that. It's true. Cause mm-hmm. that's a lot of it, right. It's, it's when you're getting that and you're like, yeah, that's me. That's me. And it's just, I never felt so seen validated or heard until I had my reading I was like, yeah, it's okay mm-hmm. to be like that. Mm-hmm. That's who I'm supposed to be. All mm-hmm. of those challenges I went through were my lessons and they brought me to where I am. Right. And that's how we can be healers and, and light workers because you're always on a path and there's always somebody behind you. And if you're sharing your journey and you're helping them move forward, move through something you've already moved through. It just makes it so much easier. Really How long does. have you been an entrepreneur? Oh, my whole life. <laughs> like, I'm, <laughs> I'm being serious. <laughs> I, was in a, I was in a therapy session after losing my mother and I was going through the grief process. And through that, I was uncovering who it is that I am and, and my intention in this lifetime. And I had started this business. Uh, this is my sixth business, I believe. And I, you know, said to the, to my therapist at the time, you know, I'm worried that, that I'm not on the right path, that I'm going to waste time. And this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. And she asked me this really simple, yet super powerful question. What did you like to play as a child? It's like, what does this have to do with anything, but I will indulge her. And the first thing I said was I had this vision. I used to have a chalkboard and I would line up all my stuffies. And I particularly remember my purple rabbit and my four cabbage patch kids. I had a twin, twin boys, a boy and girl. I had a cabbage patch that looked like myself and then one that looked like my best friend and then all my other stuffies. And I would teach them. I would be, I would be a teacher. And she was like, okay, what else did you like to do? And then I remembered my grandparents had a farm and they fed everybody at lunch that worked on their farm. And I would go into my grandma's sewing room. She had the most magnificent buttons in this drawer. They were like one-offs that she had found. And I would set up the buttons that I liked. And I, in front of them, at the front of the door, I would put my cash register there. And when they were done lunch, I would ask them to come to my store and buy my buttons. And the therapist said, so let me get this straight. You were an entrepreneur that liked to teach people things. I think you're on the right track, Anne-Marie, just trust in that. And so that's why I say I've always been an entrepreneur because Mm -hmm. I, even as a young child, that's what I would play. I would play teaching and I would play business. And that's exactly what I'm doing right here, right now. (laughs) That is so funny because that just like totally made a story pop into my head that I've thought of before, but it just, as you were saying that, is I remember being a kid, I don't remember how old I was, but my parents would have friends over or whatever. And I would cook up grilled cheeses and I would sell them to them for $2. <laughs> and of course, because I was a kid, they would buy them, right? And then they would order another one and whatever. And I was making money and I loved doing it. I was taking care of people and I was feeding them because food was very important in my family and we love to eat. And so I would mm-hmm. feed them and also creating like lemonade stands or my, my grandparents lived, um, their farm was on the border of a golf course. 
So we would go and hunt down and find the lost golf balls. And then we would take them home, we'd clean them, and I'd stand at the side of the road and sell the golf balls. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I like totally forgot about that until you were just saying that. That is always kid. wheeling and dealing and trying to make a buck <laughs> it's a little we have definitely a deeper purpose now than before but just right. having that entrepreneurial spirit of realizing that we always have these gifts to give other people in exchange for energy when you were talking about the grilled cheese I was like oh Marnie's always sold nourishment for other people's souls oh I love that it's true yeah, because think of a grilled cheese, it's such a comfort food, right? Yeah. And it's always been like, I've always been there to support my friends or somebody needs an ear to talk to. And I can think of being on the track and field team in high school and the younger people that were in grade nine, say I was older, like I was there mentoring them and supporting them and, you know, helping them get through their nerves and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with mm -hmm. that, like I was coaching and, and helping people feel better, like you said, nourishing them. Mm -hmm. that was beautiful so how did you come to get into the heart-led business like I know mm -hmm. we obviously lead from the heart but where did that start for you mm -hmm. I had a very challenging childhood I lost a lot of people that were very near and dear to me and at a very young age experienced deep loss betrayal abandonment grief and it led to more traumas within my family. Uh, the biggest breakdown that I had uh, in high school, I had a soulful connection. I called him a soul soulmate mm -hmm. and it didn't work in high school. I mean, I didn't love myself enough to make that magic sustainable. In fact, now that I know what I know in numerology, he wasn't really a soulmate. <laughs> he was a lesson, but I believe this. I developed this belief system that he was the one. Mm -hmm. And that belief system held me back for a really long time. Fast forward, uh, my mother was diagnosed with cancer unexpectedly. And I, at the time, was going through a deep depression. I experienced a lot of anxiety. And then now we were going to add the fact that my mother was sick and I was going to lose her. And it devastated me. So I, I reached out um, and started saying yes to a lot of things that I wouldn't normally say yes to. And I ran into a friend who invited me to a gig to her favorite author, uh, Gabby Bernstein and Danielle Laporte. I'd never heard of them at the time. And that's when I learned about the designer map. And it was this book written, if, if for those in your audience who don't know, Danielle's a best-selling author. She's a healer, a light work, just a beacon of light for the world. And I started reading this book and truthfully wasn't fully ready to do the work because I realized how much I had to do and how much changes I needed to, to make in order to to become happy in order to find my joy again. But the one thing I took away from it was this question, how do you want to feel? And using this as an anchor to go through a diff difficult time. So I asked myself this question, how do I want to feel while my mother is dying? And I chose words like abundant and grateful. It's gonna, <laughs> I'm going to be emotional, but I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> and just deep love. And I anchored into this for myself, but for my mom and for my entire family. 
And I made all my decisions based on how I wanted to feel and how I wanted them to feel. And it was magical to, to go through one of the most heartbreaking things in your life and still find the joy and still find things to be grateful for and still establish deep connections and just have those conscious conversations. I created space for my mom to share her regrets and things that she resented still and things that she wished she would have let go of and forgave. My mom's ruling number nine, like you. And so I believe that that's part of our connection too, where I really do understand ruling nine, ruling number nines. And as being a ruling number three, I'm, I'm kind of a part of you too. There's a little bit of me in the, in the ruling number nine. And um, when, when my mother passed, she was with me in that, in the room. I mean, I was, I was considering myself a spiritual person before, but I really became a spiritual person during that experience because she was there. She was with me. Like I was there the moment that she passed and the hours after I stayed with her. And I know that she was still in existence and she's still here. She's on this call with us here today. Mm-hmm. And when I came back home and it was supposed to be back to reality, I couldn't go back to the way things were. It was impossible. And I looked at the desire map and the power of that one question, how do I want to feel and anchoring into that and making choices every day to feel how I wanted to feel. That was the first time in my life that I actually took care of myself first in order to be able to take care of other people. So I would, you know, make her meals and, um, you know, tuck her in and get her meds and write everything down and take her to doctor's appointments and get the groceries. I would do all those things, but I would also cry loud and hard for as long as I needed to. I would wear barely any clothes. I told my grandparents, I'm like, I'm going to be doing some weird things. I need you to know that I am okay. And if I'm not okay, I will tell you that I'm not okay. But I would wear barely any clothes and I would lay on the grass and just grip into the earth and the grass and just like really root myself in and just ball and let mother, let the earth just like hold me. And I would climb trees and hug the trees and, and I would write and I would listen to music. And while I was doing all of those things, I was clearly articulating what was happening for me to all of my family. So I was a beacon of light for them and showing them this is what it looks like to take care of ourselves so we can take care of other people. And I would energetically set boundaries emotionally and spiritually, but physically too, I would say, if you need help, you can ask for help. I will help you, but please don't tell me what to do. My family is notorious for creating to-do lists and staying busy. So many people are right Mm -hmm. to avoid the pain and the suffering and to avoid the feelings. And I would say, yeah, I would say like, I will carry the vacuum cleaner for you up the stairs. I will take the curtains down if you feel like that's what you need to do right now. But please don't give me a list of things to do because I know how I'm, I need to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And so what happened from that was my grandparent, my, my grandfather, my papa sat me down and he said, you really did it kiddo. Like you really went and became who you were supposed to be. (laughs) 
and you've held it together for the whole family. And I'm just really proud of you. We wouldn't have been able to do it without you. And for somebody that I look up to with such high regard. Yeah. It was like my movie moment. And I said, let's have a fucking beer now. (laughs) And we we totally did. But that, that, that's the, that's the start of it for me. Like having that experience and seeing the power in that and knowing that I can't go back to the way things were, I had to move in a direction of my own Dharma. I knew that there was something in there. There was this calling. There was this, there was, it was a push. I was, it was a pull before, but all of a sudden there was this major push for me to go and do something else. And I I was deep in grief. I didn't know how, I just trusted that it was going to come. And then Danielle Laporte announced um, the opportunity to become a desire map facilitator. And that's how it began for me. I mean, I hadn't even fully done the work, but I jumped. I was one of the very first um, facilitators. Um, I hung out with a girlfriend, drank some wine, did the work. Then I gathered a small group of people, did the work together. Then I started gathering people and facilitating it. And it would be in the woods in a circle, bring a blanket, bring some crystals, you know, burn some sage. And we would just have these authentic, vulnerable conversations about matters of the heart. And I, that's when I began to realize that emotional intelligence is so underrated. As a society tend to numb our feelings, mm-hmm. like to run from them. I think I did a post the other day, face your, feel, face your fears or embrace, no, I can't even remember how I said it, but it was like, mm-hmm. embrace your fears to heal. Like, right. You have to run towards them instead of running away from them mm-hmm. and allow yourself to feel them and allow yourself to process them. I want to acknowledge you because the, the, the strength that that must've taken you, because when people are going through grief, they handle it in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I know in the past, I I did a lot of things for external validation, right? I was seeking my love externally. And so I, so I seeked to make everybody else feel better because it would make me feel better to know they felt better and that they would appreciate me and that validated me. And so I did it for them, but I often didn't think of myself. You know what I mean? Like I didn't think to, what do I need or how do I want to feel? It was, how do they need to feel? How can I fix this for them? So the fact that you were able to do that, but also be aware of yourself in that moment and take care of you and them that's truly spectacular thank you thank you (laughs) well I had lots of experience with dealing with grief in really shitty ways (laughs) so it was my opportunity to do things differently this time yeah and that's a point of kind of thing right we go through these shitty things life isn't happening to us it's happening for us right? I used to think life's happening to me. I've, as you know, been through grief as well. And I remember Mm -hmm. having lost my brother and then I lost my fiance. And I remember being in the grief counseling session and, and I truly believed this. I said, why is it that I'm not allowed to be happy? Because every time that I get happy, something comes to kick me in the teeth and knock me back down. And it knocks me down hard. (laughs) Right. And she was like, well, why is it you think you can't be happy? And I'm like, because every time I get happy, I get knocked down. And she's like, well, no, but have you been happy? I'm like, yeah. So you can be happy. Yeah, but I can't keep my happiness. And she's like, well, can anybody really? Like everybody goes through these ups and downs, right? 
you're going through it down right now, but you get to be happy again. I'm like, okay. And then I'd be like, life is hard. I hate life. Life is so hard. And she'd say, life is hard right now. Mm-hmm. And I've caught myself saying that now to other people. Like when I hear them say, why does things have to be so hard? Why is life so hard? And I'm like, life is hard right now. Mm-hmm. And it's from exactly what you said, going through those other experiences, maybe not necessarily handling it the way you would have liked, or you would have thought to be well, allowed you to gain that experience so that now you went through that in a, such a different way and handled it so much better and allowed to be able to take care of yourself as well as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I was, when I had my numerology reading and it validated, that's why I went through all those really hard shit. Cause now, yeah. because I've taken that hardship as have you and created my business out of it. That's mm-hmm. what I'm there is to help other people try to either avoid the hardship, but we can't really avoid the hardship. Learn that as Glennon Doyle says, we can do hard things mm-hmm. and just make it maybe a little bit easier or a shortcut for them to get through it a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always think of it. I use this analogy a lot. I agree with everything that you said. I use this analogy a lot. Be the buffalo, not the cow. I love looking to nature for answers. So when a storm happens, a buffalo literally runs to the storm and a cow runs away from it. The buffalo knows that storms are inevitable and on the other side of it is sunshine and rainbows. Mm -hmm. Whereas the cow, it prolongs its own pain and suffering. Like it's not fast. (laughs) The storm's going to catch up to it. And so it ends up running with the storm and hanging out in the storm much longer than it needs to. And it's a really great reminder that we are our own worst enemies. Mm-hmm. We need to get out of our own damn way sometimes. It's, it is really no one else's fault for the pain and suffering that we experience. This is the biggest pill I've ever had to swallow in my life is that pain and suffering is a choice. That all that pain and suffering that I experienced was actually a choice. And it's not to say that when somebody dies, that it's not meant to be difficult, that this is not what I'm saying at all. That's a natural response to somebody that you love who passes away is to feel sorrow, is to feel depressed, is to feel lost, mm-hmm. but not forever. Ding, ding. There's the key part. Yeah. Right? Because people either avoid it, mm-hmm. run from mm-hmm. it, in which case mm-hmm. it's going to come back to you. It's going to keep knocking on your door, right? I would rather process it right away and deal with it as it comes up than all of a sudden be somewhere in the supermarket 25 years later and all of a sudden burst into tears and not know why. Mm-hmm. Because I Absolutely. didn't deal with it and I ran from it, right? Or I numbed it until the point. Like if you can't numb forever, that's a problem. Or they're maybe facing it, but they drag it on forever because they, they can't get out of that dark spot. And I've had people say, you're, mm-hmm. you're strong, right? And I'm like, I wasn't strong. I just did what I had to do, right? I was getting up. And they're like, you got up every day. Even my, like the grief counselor, she's like, well, you made a choice to get up every day. I'm like, no, I did that because I had to. I had to get up and carry on with life. I had no choice. No, you mm-hmm. did have a choice. Other people might've curled up in a ball and not got up. Okay, well, I didn't see it as choice, <laughs> but I don't feel like it's yeah. strength, right? It is a choice. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I had a choice. I just was doing what I thought I had to do because you mm-hmm. can't 
nor should you want to drag it on forever because that, mm -hmm. like you said, pain and sorrow is hard and it's heavy and it's dark and it's so much better when you can actually release the load and get mm -hmm. rid of it. Right. And let that weight come off you. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm those people that have passed that you've lost, they wouldn't want you to be miserable forever. No, they want us to find our joy. <laughs> they really yeah. do. And they're still here supporting us to do that every single day, right? It's true. I, I have to share the story. I haven't shared it with anybody, but I was doing one of my numerology forecasts on Instagram. And I had uh, one of my accountability buddies that has become a good friend from another program that I did. She messaged me and she was like, I just watched your forecast. I said, yeah. And as you know, I've lost both my brother and my fiance. And she was like, did your brother or your fiance wear this type of clothing and have this kind of hair? And I'm like, and do this sort of thing. And, and it, she was describing my brother. And I said, I, that's my brother. She was, he was standing behind you. I could see him standing behind you as you were doing your forecast. And he was saying, Marnie, this is really cool. Keep it up. I'm so proud of you. Oh, I, I started crying. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then the anniversary of his death is at the end of January. And I always post a picture of him mm -hmm. on that day, just to, to memorialize him kind of thing, make sure that he mm -hmm. knows. Well, everybody knows. Right. And she was like, messaged me because she had never seen a picture of him. And she's like, that's mm -hmm. him. That's totally him. And I'm like, she's like, keep doing what you're doing. Cause he said, keep doing what you're doing. You're on the right oh. path. And I was like, I've never had anybody share that type of message with me before. Like I feel him. I know he's here and I see yeah. he had a race car driver and his number race car number was 77. My favorite number is 16, which adds up to seven, but seven yeah. was my second favorite number. Right. <laughs> and so I see 77s come up or his song or whatever. And that all comes up when I'm feeling him around me, but to actually have somebody say, yeah, he was standing there. I could see him like, and she described him. It was like crazy. I was like, mm. yeah, this is really cool. So I know he's here. And it was like, mm. you know, you have those thoughts. What if they were still here? But everything would be totally different. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'm like, wow. What I really mm -hmm. like, it, uh, I would love to have him back. But I don't want to change the path that I've been on. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily have wanted to go through some of the hardships I've went through. But again, mm -hmm. they brought me to where I am and they've made me the person I am. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you can understand that and acknowledge that. And so often, you know, like, like I said, people say you're so strong. And I'd be like, I, I think I was stuck in victim mode for a long time. Right. Because I liked that people felt sorry for me in some sense because it gave me the attention or the validation or it made me feel loved. Mm -hmm. Not a good way to feel loved or whatever. But now it's like, no, you don't need to necessarily. They're like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm good with it. Mm -hmm. Like, I've, I've healed yeah. and I'm using my pain for gain not gain but yeah. you know what I mean like I'm making some I'm making lemon aid out of lemons exactly right? I was just gonna say that yes I was like you're literally making lemonade out of lemons yes yeah. yes and you know how to do that been doing it since you were a little girl literally. and people want to pay you for it period right. yes <laughs> yeah because this when is you're in alignment right when you just know yeah. you know absolutely these are these I call these divine breadcrumbs you were talking about the, the double sevens and I, uh, in conscious business immersion, one of the programs I developed, we create a spiritual support team and we talk about the people that potentially are on the other side. Sometimes it's ascended masters, you know, but sometimes it's grandma. Mm -hmm. And what are the messages that you're asking grandma 
to send you to let you know that you're here. And this comes from the intelligence of the heart. So when we come from this powerful place by setting emotional intentions, knowing how it is that we want to feel, aligning thoughts to amplify those feelings and choosing inspired action, then we we become these beautiful creators and manifestors of our own lives, right? Because we're in complete alignment. And so we have this ability to talk to our spiritual support team and say, hey, I want you to speak to me and in this way. So your brother is through double sevens, right? When you see double seven, you think of him every single time. My bulldog Babs is 1111. I asked her to cross over on 1111. I spoke to her about it before. And I said, whenever mommy sees 1111, she's going to know that you're here. Mm-hmm. With my mom, she leaves me feathers and the amount of feathers that I have. I mean, this is a podcast, so I can't show everybody, but it's insane. It's insane. Mm-hmm. And it's just that validation, that confirmation that we used to do. You talked about it. You used to do it because you're in victim mode. Feel sorry for me. Pay attention to me. Show me that you need me. And this is how I became uh, an A-type as well through the abandonment, uh, through the betrayals, through the losses. There was this, what, what grows out of it is this need to try and control everything because there's a fear of losing it. And so every single aspect of our life, we try to hang on so tight and control it. But we all know, I think we all know what happens because of that. It turns into burnout, exhaustion, conflict. It turns into more pain, more suffering. It shows up like things like anxiety and depression, mental health issues. And when all of these feelings that we've experienced get suppressed, instead of expressed and instead of witnessed, and felt and released, this energy gets stuck in our body and it can actually physically manifest into an illness. Mm -hmm. Losing my mom is how I know this to be true. I watched it, I witnessed it. And this is exactly why I know this is the medicine that I'm to bring to the world. If we all understood this emotional intelligence before you lost your brother, before the fiance passed away, if we had these pathways to resiliency beforehand, we wouldn't waste time in the pain and suffering. We would have the strength and courage. And I want you to know you do have strength and courage. You're ruling number nine. It's in your energetic code. You know this now. You 100%. know it now. Back then, yeah, back then you were like, no, it's not. I just had to keep, you know, it's very much a nine. I'm going to dim my light because I don't want you to pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it very much is nine energy, that strength and courage that um, it gives us this immense courage to go through it rather than around it or avoid it. We go through it because we realize that emotions are just like cloves right? It, it works right now, but like in a couple months, this is too hot for the summer, you know, mm-hmm. or I might have a jacket on because it was raining outside, but I'm inside now. I can just take it off. Our feelings and our emotions are like that. We don't, we're not meant to carry them with us through all the seasons. We're meant to release them and let go of them. So a, another analogy I like to use uh, with my clients is understanding that emotions are like maybe the roots of a tree and feelings are like the leaves. So the feelings are things that we release and let go of, but emotions sometimes are the things that, that anchor us in that, that the stronger those roots are, the stronger the trunk of the tree can be. And 
all of that strength provides us with this opportunity to bend and sway when the winds come, when the rains come, when the storms come. And the feelings, we can just let them go. The emotions are, again, as I said before, the natural responses to things. Like Mm -hmm. if you lose your job, that's shitty. You're going to be angry. And that's a normal response. But what does healthy, healthy anger look like? And what's the vibration of anger? And what does the vibration look like if I raise the vibration of anger? So let's hang out in anger for seven minutes. Let's feel it. Let's punch a pillow. Let's scream into a pillow. Let's smell some essential oils. Let's run on the spot. Let's dance or, you know, literally go outside and move our bodies. And then what's the next thing? I'm going to get passionate about it because my anger is going to fuel me to do something about it. And when I get into that mode, that's where I start to make changes and transmutation happens. And then once I get passionate about it and I care so much that I'm going to do something about it and I do something about it, it brings us into compassion, Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence, understanding our feelings, identifying our feelings, articulating our feelings. It creates empathy for others it creates deep relationships with ourselves with potentially a higher power um and the reason for this is because this emotional intelligence this heart intelligence the heart has its own um energy the the energy of the heart is five thousand times stronger than that of the mind this is proven we dr joe dispenza talks about it and so often we operate out of the mind especially when we go through these hardships these stories start to happen these beliefs uh, old beliefs uh, keep running and ruling our lives but the heart if we are able to drop those stories those beliefs into our heart we can bring light to the shadows and when we come from that heart-centered place again, it's 5,000 times stronger than that of the mind. And so imagine throwing the pebble into a pond, but doing so from your heart versus your thought, it's going to have a massive ripple effect compared to the thoughts. Yeah. And And it's like when you're, you're leading from your heart, your business, instead of your mm -hmm. mind, you're Mm -hmm. so my mind, I'm going to be doing what I think I should be doing business-wise because everybody else is doing this. It must work for them. So it's going to work for me. But if you're leading from the heart, it's like what feels right, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're allowing yourself to feel mm-hmm. and our heart and our intuition that knows, right? Like you said, the energy alone, mm-hmm. your thoughts don't really have the energy. Your thoughts create your feelings, right? Yeah. But if you yeah. can feel into the energy and really hear it and listen to it, then it creates a totally different experience. Absolutely. Way more and, powerful. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. And our, you're, when you're in that place, you're emitting off your own vibrations and you're mm-hmm. attracting those people that need that vibration or they're feeling that vibration and mm-hmm. allows you to come together. And let's just face it, when we're coming at a place from our heart, it's more like out of love mm-hmm. than when you're saying probably coming from your mind, it's probably more from a fact-based or money-based or a result-based, right? Mm-hmm. I think you just can go a lot farther when you're going from anything. Love is love conquers all, right? <laughs> it does. 
Yeah. And I think I, it would probably feel a lot better to be able to have an expanded heart and leading from the heart and knowing that you're doing it because it feels good and not what you think it should be. I know it for me, that's when I lead from my heart or my mm -hmm. intuition and I trust that and I lean into that, the results are always better. Like you mm -hmm. may get good results the other way, but you just feel better. It's not sustainable. It won't be sustainable if it comes from any other place. Yeah. As somebody that has burned out, crashed and burned, trying to do it all, because like I said, I did for others. Like when my brother, when I lost my brother, it was like, even to this day, and hopefully maybe my family doesn't listen to this because I might piss them off, but like I was the glue that held the family together. Right. Mm -hmm. I brought every, and I still have people say that, like your family, you kept everybody in it. I took that on because I didn't want to lose any more of my family. <laughs> I wanted to hold us together. I needed them. I, I needed them closer. I did that from a different perspective, right? It wasn't necessarily from my heart. It was, but it was, I guess. Mm -hmm. I lost. One of the things that I encourage my clients to do differently, it's the foundational piece for everything. It's, we do not set goals usually mm -hmm. <laughs> for a very long time. It probably gets frustrating to them. And it's because we need to activate the intelligence of the heart first. And so we develop a heart compass and within the heart compass are emotional intentions and values. And this is the guidepost, the guiding point for all decisions and for all thoughts. Many heart-centered entrepreneurs, the healers, the people who are of service to the world that just want to give also have a hard time saying no to things. They just say yes to a lot, right? Which is what, what also contributes to the overgiving, um, undervaluing ourselves, and it leads to the burnout, stress, exhaustion. The heart compass just keeps bringing us back into that intelligence and reminds us what to say yes to and what to say no to because it's either in alignment or it's out of alignment. Megan, our numerology mentor, she taught Marnie and I... Um, to question if we're energetically open for business. Mm -hmm. Are you energetically open for business? And at first I was like, I don't understand what it is that you're saying. Physically, are you open for business? Do you have a website? Do you have a landing page? Do you have a place where people can find you? Okay, all of that makes sense and it's easy. Spiritually, are you open for business? Emotionally, are you open for business? Mentally, are you open for business? So the spiritual and the mental are open for business when we develop a heart compass, when we understand how it is that we want to feel, how we want our clients to feel, how we want the community to feel, and how we want the planet to feel because of our actions. So my heart compass are statements that include I am, you are, we are, just like the Meta Bhavana prayer. So I am, you are, we are luminously rooted in abundance. I am you are, we are deep, authentic, creative connections. I am, you are, we are kind of a big deal. Oh. Hell <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I am those things. You are I those things. My heart just activated as you said that. And your it. audience as well. And I hope mm -hmm. that your audience can see how me saying yes to this connection is in complete alignment, luminously rooted in abundance. You and I have so much wisdom and knowledge 
to mm-hmm. share with the world. I'm a ruling three. You have the abundance in you as well. And so we are just like here, here, we're laying it all out for you. We're sharing, we're sharing this light and we want you to anchor into it. Deep, authentic, creative connections. This has been a great conscious conversation and kind of a big deal. We talk about our energetic codes, aligning with our energetic codes, understanding our dharma, realizing that these spiritual assignments that we've been gifted have been on purpose Mm -hmm. for us, not to us, for For us. us. So we can be right here, right now with the audience, with everybody who's listening, just as it was meant to be. So all three of those things activated by a friend saying, do you want to come on my podcast? I'm like, I would love to, I'd love to have this conversation. Right. And it's, it makes for the big yeses. It makes for the easier no's because no is not always easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from that, we can develop, again, aligning thoughts mm-hmm. to amplify that and make inspired choices that are going to amplify that heart compass and how it is that we want to feel and our clients and our community. I think that's also a great way to set your boundaries because I was, I did a session in somebody's membership um, on numerology, funnily enough. Well, not funnily enough, but funnily enough was I had done a, <laughs> did a post. Um, she follows me on Instagram and she said, come into my community and speak. And then I had did a post about boundaries, right? Just a post. And then she's, <laughs> we're talking and she's like, okay, so, you know, I'm, I'm introducing numerology to them, telling them about their code and stuff. But she's like, could you also speak to boundaries? And how to say no. <laughs> so I'm like, sure, yeah, I can add that in there. So near the end of it, I was like, <laughs> right? I'm like, because she's like, that was a really great post. And you were talking about it in your stories, and it was really good. And I'm like, okay, I think maybe you know, you might just want to have me back multiple times in your in your session. I don't I don't know, because I could speak about so many different things, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that would be using this heart led would be such a good mm-hmm. way to also set your boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. How do you want to feel? Why do you mm-hmm. want to feel that? How can you activate that? Well, mm-hmm. I need to say no. Mm-hmm. One of the things I had explained to her at that point was, well, you know, I personally would rather somebody say no to me than somebody say yes and cancel at the last minute because they really didn't want to do it or mm-hmm. continue to say no. And then I think it's me. Oh, they just don't want to hang out with me. It's rather good. No, now's not a good time. You mm-hmm. don't need an explanation or anything, but it comes from a place of authenticity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so people actually value that more than the yes, okay, or maybe, and then mm-hmm. just not showing up or canceling. Not authentic. It's not, it, you're so right that it relates to boundaries. People don't know how to set energetic boundaries because they don't know how it is they want to feel. They don't know how they want to feel because they're not emotionally intelligent. And that is not to put people down. I am not putting people down. This is the majority of the world is not emotionally intelligent because when we bring it back to feelings in your family when you were a child what did that look like the look on marnie's face right now says it was not good the majority (laughs) the majority of us like and i i do need to categorize us because i do i i know the younger generation is being raised differently and we also now that we know what we know about Mm -hmm. numerology we also know that anyone born in 2000 and up is going to have an amplification of the intuitive energy that us in the 1900s, I can't believe I just said that because it makes (laughs) me feel super old. Um, But we don't necessarily naturally have that unless we were born 
in February or on the 2nd or the 12th or the 22nd. We don't have that true energy to naturally know how to connect to our heart and our feelings, right? Mm -hmm. So the majority of people are emotionally stunted because when we were raised, you know, and I guess I would say maybe 35 and up or 40 and up, big girls don't cry. Put your big girl pants on. Suck it up. It's a long way from your heart boys got it a lot worse than we did. I just did a post about this on my story. You know, think about what we told boys. It was Mm -hmm. a sign of weakness and they were bullied and put down for having feelings. But now what do we do to young boys who are sensitive? We honor that. I Mm -hmm. think that we do. I want to believe that we do in many, many ways. For the most part. For the most part. Not everybody. Some people are still stuck in that. Absolutely. Yeah. But for somebody like yourself or somebody like myself who has gone through a lot of grief, who has gone through the pain, who has gone through the suffering, who has felt our way through things and has learned to step into our dharma, when a young boy or a girl has an overwhelming amount of emotions, what do we do? We just hold sacred space for them. Mm-hmm. We hold them. We encourage them to talk about it. We acknowledge it. We share our heart with them. I know this sucks right now. I agree with you. Let's take some deep breaths. You know, and what are, yeah, what are we going to do to make ourselves feel better? What do you want to do? And that might be the time where we're like, fuck it. I'll let them have a candy. <laughs> you know? Or, you know, I usually say no to watching TV at this time of day, but, you know, it's something that's going to make us laugh together and have this. Um, quality time together. So I'll say yes to this, to then shift that energy for them, because we have finally, for the most part, (laughs) learned how to do it for ourselves. So it's going to be uh, interesting. I'm really excited to see the new generation grow and expand who are just naturally intuitive, and who are naturally connected to that heart space. It really aggravates a lot of (laughs) older generation because they don't have the action that we do who have the one and the nine energy to start things and complete things, but they come from a a much different place, right? It's not from a physical place. It's not their intentions here are not to gain material things. uh, And their intentions are not to be necessarily to be the most um, academic. They're here to feel Mm -hmm. they're here to call in higher frequencies and higher energies if they're awake right Mm -hmm. and to try to awaken them if they're it's all about acknowledging right what you want what you need to know Mm -hmm. and taking those first steps to getting energetically aligned right Mm -hmm. i mean i i seeked out a lot of different courses right i i've done Mm -hmm. trained in reiki and done meditation and breath work and and all that stuff and really i highly encourage people to try different things until they find what works for them and what what is going to give them that answer because each piece gives you a little bit more of an awakening Mm -hmm. but as i said for me the turkey was knowing my numerology and it's like it, it dumbfounds me everybody i do a reading for i've never had anybody say that's not me at all they're all like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's why I do that. Oh, and it just makes so much sense. And it's like, this is mm-hmm. crazy, right? And, mm-hmm. and not that I'm trying to sell our numerology because I don't really need to sell it. It kind of sells itself no, when you know, sells right? Itself. Once you know, you know, the door, yeah. the door is open. What would you say 
for somebody that, you know, they, they feel like they're stuck, they're feeling a little lost, and they want to start to discover their heart intelligence, what would you say should be the first step for them? How can they get started on that? Great question. First of all, feel what it is that you're feeling. If you feel lost, feel lost. If you're scared, be scared. If you're sad, be sad. Whatever you're feeling, feel it. We have to feel it to heal it. Or else whatever I'm recommending that you do next will not work. I think there's a piece in there just to interject that they also have to eventually understand why they feel that way, right? Maybe I yeah, that's the next, that's the next step. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know this. Yeah. So, and, and in that process of feeling it to heal it, ask for help. Mm -hmm. I would not, no, I would not be who I am and where I am today. If it wasn't for the holistic approach I took to my mental, spiritual and physical health, Mm -hmm. I leaned on doctors. I leaned on naturopaths. I leaned on therapists and counselors, uh, one-on-one and group, uh, business mentors and coaches, uh, acupuncturists, massage therapists. And I don't want to, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, there's all these things wrong with me. And now I have to do all of these things to fix me. Go with what your intuition and what your gut and what you're called to at the time. I didn't do all of those things at the same time by any means, but I came up with a system that worked for me, uh, particularly when I had benefits. It was a little bit different um, when I had benefits versus being an entrepreneur, but, you know, ask for the help that you need in your community. There's always a massive amount of resources, especially in the mental health realm, um, where there's free group support programs or free one-on-one uh, reach out to Marnie or I if you're completely lost and you don't know where to look because we are a wealth of knowledge and resources and we can certainly point you in the right direction whether you live in our area or not. Mm-hmm. Marnie's in Ontario, I'm in BC, we're in Canada. Like we know how to access information, so please ask and we can make sure that you get that you get that help. So feel it to heal it. The next step is asking yourself, what are you grateful for and how does that actually make you feel? Mm-hmm. Gratitude, gratitude is everything everything it's a perspective like Brody the six-year-old because they he goes to a catholic school so they say prayers before they mm-hmm. eat right and now all of a sudden like a month or two ago he decided that we should do that every night before dinner so we do it and the older one the 13 year old yesterday said you know what ever since we started doing this prayer before dinner i felt happier I was like, yeah. <laughs> attitude of gratitude right when you're thankful yeah Yeah. so now I've also added in each morning what is one thing you're grateful for Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. because I do that every day I I wake the first thing I do when I wake up is what am I grateful for or when things are going really hard like when I curse my body because I'm going through these troubles since my surgery I'm like I hate then I'm like I'm thankful that my legs still work because I could have been paralyzed right if you turn it around it the vibration shifts right yeah so gratitude is everything Sorry, I'll let you care. Absolutely <laughs> everything. Yeah. Dishes. I used to complain about, look at what you're complaining about. <laughs> well, this is the other side of it is like, what are you complaining about? Like what's not working in your life? 
so we we focus on gratitude because we have so much to be grateful for and thankful for. We want to call that in for expansion because if something's great, let's keep rolling with that and let's call more of that in. And then on the flip side, if we actually want change to occur, we have to admit the heck out of what's not working. And so look at to what you're complaining about. And as it relates to gratitude, you know, if I'm complaining, I don't have a dishwasher, I have to do these dishes all the time. Instead, now I'm honored to do the dishes because I actually had a nourishing meal. Hmm. And especially if I got to share it with my partner and I have running water that's clean to do the dishes and it's hot. Mm-hmm. And I've got gorgeous pottery that we get to eat on. I don't let my partner eat on it because he breaks it all. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, and if you want to tap into other areas of your life by doing dishes, you can listen to a podcast or put music on or phone a friend, right? Like there's so many things that you can do to take this one act that's an everyday chore that you would complain about that you don't like and turn it into something joyful. Cause we're always going to have to do things that we don't want to do. And most importantly, you know, just like with gratitude, how does that make you feel? And then what's not working and how does that make you feel? So we take the positive feelings. So let's go back to, um, I'm grateful for the dishes because I get to eat. So there was nourishment in there. There was connection in there. There was abundance in there. There was privilege in there. Not everybody has clean, running, hot water. What's not working? The fact that I don't have a dishwasher. (laughs) We can still, it can be both. It's allowed to be both, right? right? And how do I fix that? I get a damn dishwasher. What do I got to do to get that? Yeah. Make changes. But how does that make, how does that make me feel not having a dishwasher? And truthfully, it makes, sometimes it makes me feel like I'm not enough. Like, why am I not living in a place right now that has a dishwasher? You know, so it makes me feel not enough. It makes me feel less than sometimes. It makes me feel like there's not enough time because now I have to spend this time doing dishes when if I just put them in the dishwasher, it does it for myself. And so we don't want to focus on the negative feelings, but how do we flip this into something positive? So what's the opposite of not enough? Abundant. Abundance. And in my gratitude section, I said abundance as well. I found a heart compass right there. There's abundance, right? The, you know, the time not enough time that relates to the abundance as well. So there was many other things I said, I said, nourishment, right? I said, privilege, but there was commonalities on both sides Mm -hmm. that, that my heart compass, it, that's a divine breadcrumb. (laughs) That's a heart spark where it's like, it's abundance. Stop overthinking it, get out of your head and into your heart. It's abundance. That's my heart compass. And so It's not about showing up and asking the world to give us abundance, but it's about us giving it to the world. So what does it look like for me to show the world abundance? I'm going to give Marnie and her community an hour of my time to have a conscious conversation, to share the spiritual wisdom that I have as a seven of clubs and to share the abundance and the creativity 
and I'm going to help them amplify that as a ruling number three. This is the abundance that I have that I'm showing up for today and giving to the world. And it's going to come back to me. I don't know how. I don't know when. I know why, though, because that's the way the universe works. Mm -hmm. You get what you give. And so I'm just going to completely detach from it and trust and know that abundance is coming my way. And if you could see her right now, she's got a window behind her and the light. It's like you've got a <laughs> halo of white light behind you. shining. <laughs> the light is shining on you to make it like abundant. Mm, I love it's, that. It's like you look abundant. Thank you. <laughs> There's an abundance <laughs> of sunshine pouring in right now to <laughs> light up the energy. Good. You're, you're shining. Yeah. I'm the lighthouse, but you're shining. <laughs> mm, luminously rooted in abundance. I put the word luminous in there for a reason, because the abundance that I call the abundance that I give and the abundance that I call in comes from luminosity comes from the light. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when I wrap up my podcast episodes, I ask two questions. Okay. I didn't, I don't tell you what the questions are before. Cause I like to throw you off. <laughs> just kidding i, I like, like it this. to be like spontaneous but what is one thing that you have to do every day because i talk a lot about self-care and self-love as a form of self-care for yourself it's a it's a non-negotiable just one just one because we could probably list 100 but something you do for yourself every day to fill your cup deep breaths into my heart to activate the intelligence that resides there Mm, that's such a good answer. I have like discovered breath work in the last year or two. And now I do deep breaths every day. And it's, I, mm. it, it's like totally mood changing. It's, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Like you're breathing life into yourself, mm -hmm. breathing in source. I love that. Okay. Mm -hmm. The second question. So it might, might be a little harder. Some people are like right off the bat and other people are like, and again, usually they say just one. Uh, I have a uh, Spotify playlist for the podcast. What is a pick me up jam, pump me up song that I can add to the list? Pick me up jam. Uh, what is your go-to pump up jam? There are so many. I'm like flooded. Okay, 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 okay. Because I, I speak in lyrics. This is why I'm laughing at this question. I'm like, she doesn't know this about me yet. I'm like, I speak, I speak in like, my spiritual support team speaks to me in song. So I have this gift where somebody will say something and I immediately, I immediately know a lyric, a line in a song based on it. Like it's, it's that's a amazing. talent. I don't share it with the world enough. So that's why I was like, just one. Uh, so I will say, it probably is Don't Stop Believing by Journey because your face. Okay, so it's probably one for you too then. Yes, yeah. So I've told so many people, after, after my mom passed, long story short, I connected with a few friends and I said, when I die, this is what I would like you to do. And they were like, quit being so morbid. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's, challenge, it's challenging dealing with people's affairs after they have passed. And I said, I want this to be fun and magical uh, for you. And so for this one friend, I said, you're in charge of the musical. She goes, you're going to have a musical for your life. I said, yes. And you're in charge of it because you're creative. 
and um don't stop believing my journey has to be one of the songs and she's like is this the theme song for your life and I said I think that it is I really think that it is because again we could have probably multiple episodes but there have been so many difficult things that I've had to overcome in my life you you talked about the strength uh you thought well I just had to keep going but there has always been this power this whisper this this source this energy inside of me that has always been whispering like to don't stop believing this is meant to be and now that I know what I know I can fully sink into it and anchor into it and honor it because I know that in my heart, I believe before we entered this shell in this lifetime, we made contracts with other souls mm -hmm. to help us become who it is that we are supposed to be, that we are meant to be in this lifetime. And so we make these contracts and we say, I'm going to learn to love myself in this lifetime. And then my mother says, I'm going to show up as your mom and I'm going to leave you earlier than you want me to but it's going to teach you how to love yourself. And in loving yourself, you're going to be this immense light for the world. So it makes everything matter. <laughs> so don't stop believing my journey. And it's just so fun to grab a wooden spoon from your, from your kitchen drawer and just belt out, right? <laughs> okay. I, I think I, I'm going to have to send you a reel. I did a reel and it was like a lip sync challenge and I was lip syncing. <laughs> don't stop believing. <laughs> and I said, okay, people, I challenge you to remix this and create your yeah. own reel with you and me. And we're both mm -hmm. lip syncing. Don't stop believing. And now it. it's so much so that my friend that saw my brother behind me, she sends me that song all the time. Every now and then mm -hmm. out of nowhere, she'll be like, she just sends me a, a video or not the video necessarily, but like just so notes of the song or she'll sing it or whatever. And now that mm -hmm. it's Marnie's song, <laughs> when you said yeah. that, I was like, there's I saw so many your face was awesome. Yeah. Because it's, my husband a... is also a three and he's also the seven of clubs. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Why am I saying wow? I'm like, I'm, <laughs> now that I know what I know, I'm like, this, this doesn't surprise me. No. And he actually was the one that encouraged me to start becoming a coach. Mm. I, I was an IT consultant programmed SAP <laughs> like I programmed time major it had to do with numbers yeah but yeah not that right and he's like I think you could do this and he's like been mm. one of my biggest supporters of pushing me and, and pushing me like he believed in me when I didn't right and that's what totally, I always say to people totally a three and seven of club yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and I have said that to people I'm like if you can't believe in yourself borrow the belief that I have in you until you actually yeah. do believe yourself oh I love that mm -hmm. So Beautiful. can you borrow my belief? I'll, I'll lend it to you as long as you want, mm -hmm. right? As the nine, I can see what the potential in people that they can't necessarily see in themselves, mm -hmm. right? So borrow mm -hmm. it from me until you have it, until you own it yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. But that's like, there's so many synchronicities. We'll have to do another mm -hmm. podcast episode another time, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Thank right. you for this. This was amazing. It was. This was such a great conversation. Thank you so much for coming on and being a part. And let my guests know uh, where they can follow you or where they can find you. So if they want more mm. of your, your wisdom. Uh, the best way is probably to head to my website, annemarimckenzie.com, A-N-N. -N 
M-A-R-I-E-M-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E. So Anne without an E, I'm a Mick, not a Mac. I do not have numerology on there yet because very rarely do I work with somebody on an individual level. I only work with entrepreneurs and it's woven into my conscious business immersion program. Uh, or I do it for people who are maybe not quite ready for that program yet, but it doesn't mean that I, that I don't work with people. Mm -hmm. It just, I'm very selective, Selective. I guess with, yeah. So, uh, so I just say that because if people go on there and they, they realize they don't see the numerology piece, it doesn't make sense. So I'm going to take some time with it still, you know, as you probably did as well, when we joined this course of what does this look like and how am I going to integrate it? Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to rush into something and then create a business that was not led with my heart. <laughs> so it would make, yeah, it would make no sense. Makes no sense. Yeah. But uh, all my contact information is on my website and remackenzie.com. Uh, my Facebook connection and my Instagram connection is there as well. So I would love to see people on socials. I prefer to hang out on Instagram as well. Like Marnie, I love doing lip syncing things as well. We're going to have to do a battle now for sure. We will, because I <laughs> yeah. love that. I That's one of my things to pick myself up is if I'm in like a heavy mood after I've allowed myself to feel it and I want to mm-hmm. shift the energy, right? Move it out of your body. I throw on a song and I dance like no one's watching. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I put it on Instagram. So really people are watching, but I pretend no one's watching. <laughs> yeah. That's what people like about me. I'm, I'm perfectly imperfect. Mm, love it. Thank you love again it. so much for your time. And welcome. we'll definitely do this again. Okay. Big love. Enjoy the rest of your night. Me too. Thank you so much for listening today. If you loved this episode or it resonated with you, I encourage you to share it with a friend. It would mean so much to me or else share it on social media and tag me so I could personally thank you for helping me to get this message out so that we all can learn to embrace our imperfections. Because let's face it, we are all perfectly imperfect.